Mr. Ness! You're not to prove of your methods. Yeah? Well, you're not from Chicago. The Lifers Podcast with Scott Lucas, Gabe Rodriguez, and Ben Reiser. And now, here's Scott, Gabe, and Ben. Something doesn't look right. What doesn't look right? You got your Hey Killer behind you. No, is that the new bubblegum? The bubblegum... Yes, that's it. Can I ordered one of those yesterday. I saw that. You're the last in line to get it out of the thousands. Ooh, Is hundreds. Did I dozens. buy the last available one, you're saying? No. Or no. just the most recent one to buy? Okay, gotcha. No, you're not even the most recent, but uh, no. I'm shipping them in the order they came in, and uh, it, we started taking orders on March 1st, so do the math. You're last. So <laughs> this is this is the new okay. pressing of Hey Killer with the remixed... Uh, vocals, right, and the the new guitars. You're making that up. Yeah, I'm totally making that up. But is it true that the lyrics come with this? They always did. Oh, they always did. I don't these... you know. I don't even have the CD. I don't think the lyrics came with the CD, did they? No, the lyrics did not come with the CD. Oh, It'd be too okay. small and scratchy, and you'd hurt yourself. What, uh, did you do the Ralph Steadman the Wall kind of? Right. Yes, I did, but that's Gerald Scarf the Wall. Oh, I'm sorry. Ralph Steadman did uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Gerald oh. Scarf did all the the, the drawings and the animation oh, for the Wall. Okay, and I don't know if that's his handwriting or Roger Waters' handwriting, but yes, Ben, that handwriting was a major major influence on me as a kid, and I wrote out all those lyrics in that handwriting in a notebook. So when people are constantly ragging on my handwriting it's because of either roger waters or gerald scarf whoever wrote that stuff i have a but not theory. ralph steadman for sure <laughs> no 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 i don't know whose handwriting exactly that is i wouldn't be surprised if it was roger waters given all that we know about roger waters but it's uh has roger waters ever used that on anything else other than the wall i don't think so I don't think, no, there's no writing like that on the final cut. Maybe, is there writing like that on the pros and cons of hitchhiking? There's something going on on the pros and cons of hitchhiking, but, but yeah, so let, so here we are, we're going to do an episode about, um, Hey Killer, because, uh, last week we did probably the ultimate lifers podcast interview episode with Jeff Murphy and I I still kind of haven't gotten over that and how deep that went and how good that was and how how much you know we got out of that episode as far as the themes of this show go you know what I mean yeah Uh, I I, you know 
as many times as I heard it while I was editing it um, and um, playing it for my wife and talking about it with other people. And I'm like still into it. It's really long, but like it's fascinating, endlessly fascinating to me. Yeah, right. I, don't, I don't. I don't think anybody had any idea that it was going to go that deep into the depths of Zion and and the history of pop and and music and and Zion again, and just uh, the full circleness of the story was pretty cool. Yeah, you know, and it freaked me out. Uh, you know, I knew we had stuff in common with those guys, obviously, but I didn't realize how much we had in common with them. Like every point, he was talking about it. I was like oh well that sounds familiar I you didn't really make anything of this but I was fascinated and I was gonna like sort of yell at you about it um, about the fact that they got signed the same way the guy came out and watched yep. them rehearse in a thing and you were complaining about that you know like oh I don't even know if we should put that on about right. what happened to local H and <laughs> right. happened to the shoes <laughs> so yeah I mean I got a lot out of that interview and right three hours is a lot to ask anybody but um it didn't feel like three hours yeah i'm glad we didn't i'm glad we didn't split it up you know it was just that was the right way to go the right thing to do is it people can huge episode in chunks whatever they want to do or they don't have to listen to it or they don't have to listen to it at all and fuck them you know i mean it's it's like it's no one's putting a gun to your head three hours is too long sure yeah it is don't listen Oh, you know, by the way, you know who liked it more than anybody else, who who was the big proponent of 70-minute episodes, was Mr. James Van Osdall. So, That's right. I saw that. <laughs> there you go. It was so I long, I had, to, I had to take my dog out in the middle of it, <laughs> and I missed oh, yes, most did. of the conversation when you were talking about, like, uh, distribution and record label kind of stuff. Wait, you left during that interview? Yeah. I had to take the dog out. She was barking so much, I had to, I don't know if you could hear it. But did I, I even notice? I don't you think I so even... Ensconced with the interview, I was engrossed. You know, we, there was a little bit of a correlation there because you know what we do with GNP is kind of indie and DIY, and they do a lot of their own stuff. So I, I didn't really get to deepen, dig deep into that. Yeah, no, they do everything themselves, and 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 that's the thing. Like they started started doing everything themselves, and they couldn't stop. You know, so when it got to them working with the major label. And they're like, no, let us do that. They're like, no, you, no, we can't let you do it because one, you'll fuck it up. And two, we're too crazy. You know, we, it's, it's too late for us. We cannot cede control to somebody outside of our uh, unit. And that's a particular kind of craziness that I totally understand. I have something very exciting to tell you before we get into um, the, the, the theme of this episode, which is Hey Killer. I, okay. I I spent the week on and off listening to a bunch of things, uh, music, but one of those things was the first Iron Maiden album. Oh, wow. Right. You started from the beginning. Yeah. What else am well, I going to do? I don't know. Start with and the best. Uh, by the way, well, I'm glad I did because I get the impression that that first Iron Maiden, the first couple of Iron Maiden albums are not where they wound up at all. And I'm into this original Iron Maiden with the original singer and it's very raw and punky. And I'm like, yeah, this is this is very close. You know. Don't tell Steve Harris that. <laughs> well, punk punk and heavy metal started off sort of in the same place and then went their separate ways, I guess. Steve Harris is one of those metal guys who, like, unlike, say, Lemmy, who embraced yeah. punk, yeah. Steve Harris never embraced punk. Is that fair to say, Gabe? I agree that he didn't embrace punk, but I don't think... You can blame him or, or put that on 
in a negative way. It's no, just, he, I'm not. It wasn't his cup. Wasn't his cup of tea. No, but I, he was I'm doing just, it for those first couple uh, albums. I'm saying, but but I tell you what, it, punk embraced him. Yeah, you know, like yes. right. Every every bass player in a punk band in the '80s sounded like they wanted to be Steve Harris. Whether or not they could pull it off is another thing. But you know, all the you know the bass players were going off in the '80s, and you know, there's a lot of Mike Watt in there too. But come on, Steve Harris had a lot to do with that stuff but here was here was how i connected to it is that song i don't know if it's the second or third song on the album running free oh it's yes. got the tribal drumming and that's 1980 and then in 81 i guess adam and the ants were doing that on their first album <laughs> kings of the wild frontiers all that same tribal stuff and and actually even even goody two shoes later on which is just adam ant solo still has that same like it might as well be the drum track from running free and i'm like oh here we go what do you mean yeah. Adamant solo? Adamant had a band? Adam and the Ants. I don't know. There's really a difference? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. No, there's not. There, there really isn't. Okay, so you're, you're, you started with Iron Maiden. Yeah. Uh, so next, you're going you're gonna to go chronologically. So you're going to go to Killers next. Yep. You're not going to do like what, say, if this is a thing on in Q magazine where they'd say, well, here's a good place to start. And they would tell you, uh, to well, start you, with, listen, you had not only one, you had two weeks to tell me a good place to start. If that, if that was what either one of you wanted. I to never thought me. this you was going to happen. Me. I thought you well, were going to yap about this every week and <laughs> it would never happen. Gabe, no. how's that replacements going? Yeah, exactly. You know, you know that I would never lie about this. I still haven't started. I'm, it's going to take a lot. To get me to you, to, to, you, you, you know that uh, we know the answer to this question before we asked it, right? <laughs> it's going to take a lot to get me to to turn the replacements on for some reason. I, I don't know what it is. I don't have anything against them. I just, uh, oh, but I'm starting to see Scott's point about you. Yes, right. You might Thank be you. right about the replacements. You might be right about the replacements. No, I'm, I just I'm don't right have about a, what you. What do you mean? The, what do you mean when? You, what do you mean he might be right about the replacements? That I just don't have any room for them in my life. <laughs> yeah yeah right i just figure that if, if it hasn't gotten to me yet just through inertia of my friends liking them is that a good word for that i don't know no. osmosis osmosis ah osmosis mm, we're talking i don't know about osmosis either there's a word somewhere in there the but if it hasn't, of your if friends it hasn't, yes if it hasn't rubbed off on me yet it's not gonna happen you know, all right I'm, we're not talking about the grateful dead here we're talking about a band who like actually is good and a band who who like isn't that too far off from some of the stuff you listen to? And most of the bands that you like love the replacements. I, I know I'm wasting my breath. Yeah, no, it's like the Velvet Underground. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna right. buy their records or listen to them. I'm but you should it. the third Velvet Underground record. That's where you should start. If I were you're just magazine. a guy, and I hate people like this, and I I have been this person, and I try yeah. not to be. Like you mm -hmm. just won't take any advice from your friends about what to watch or what to listen to. And he's been this way his entire fucking life. Yeah, and that's not, what I'm talking every about. Band. It's that's not every what's band. so frustrating no. about this guy. It's not every band. It's just some. It's like if you tell me, go listen to the Afghan Wigs, probably not going to do it. I wouldn't tell you to listen to the Afghan Wigs because that's stupid. <laughs> but I, told you, I told you to listen to the Smoking Popes, and how, how'd that go? It was good. They, they okay. were good. I mean, it's not like I didn't have an idea what they sounded like already and, and knew that they were very catchy. See, but, you're thinking of the late, uh, you, you're thinking of, you're thinking of Paul Westerberg's solo. Like you're thinking of uh, Dyslexic Heart. 
That's Ugh. what you think the replacements sound like. No, and they don't. Of, here's what I think of. I think of the Goo Goo Dolls, and yes. we are the normal. Yes. When I think of that song, I think yes. of the replacements, and I no. say, I want no part of this. No, you can't blame... I can't. You can't blame the Goo Goo Dolls on the replacements. No, I'm blaming the replacements for the Goo Goo Dolls. Just like you can't blame all those bands on Eddie Vedder. You know, you, you can't do that. You can't blame Creed on Eddie Vedder. It's not really his fault, even though it is his fault. It's not his fault. <laughs> you can't blame Toad the Wet Sprocket on R.E.M. It, it, sure, it's their fault, but it, it doesn't make them, uh, it doesn't negate how great they are. Yeah, but I don't have to partake in it. It's just not my deal. Mm-hmm. I, don't need to, I don't need to be a part of it. I know. I'm not going to jump on a bandwagon. It's never, never going to happen. The bandwagon hey. is long gone, my friend. You're not jumping <laughs> on any fucking bandwagon. I agree. Trust You're me. Right. So, let's talk about Hey Killer. Um, Gabe has been doing these write-ups for the last two weeks, Gabe? Yeah, right about two weeks. Yeah. Uh, On our record from 2015, right? Uh, Hey Killer. And so, we thought we'd have our friend Andy Gerber back. Andy, are you there? Hello. Gabe, how come you never clap along with me? Or not loud enough to hear. I need uh, it to sound like a whole crowd. I need it to what, sound that's like That's not what Gabe the, does. You know what? You need a button. You need an applause button. Yeah, we need a I need button. whatever guys, the... Production. Whatever, it's production value, you guys. That's what you yeah. got to get going on. Production value. Whatever shoes used in Shoes on Ice. Budokan. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> Sounds <laughs> just like Budokan. Right? It's amazing. Uh, <laughs> maybe a little bit too much like Budokan. Hmm. Yeah, well, it, yeah. it's pretty good. We were listening to it last week. Yeah. Great band. Don't worry, we're going to cut that part out. Uh, right. So how's how's it going over there, Andy? It's going. How's it going in the studio. It's good. I'm here. I got it together. There may be some shenanigans in the background, but pay no mind. What Lugo's over there? Yes, yes he is. Oh, yeah, smoking some smoking on some J's. You know how they roll. Yeah, they're rolling pretty tight over there. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So we want to talk about Hey Killer. Um, apropos of really nothing, and Gabe's been writing some stuff about it. Oh, I guess it's apropos of uh, we're we we we're repressing it or we repressed it. God, that word is hard to say. When I it's a, had it's a, a third pressing, third pressing, third pressing. Hey nice. So how many how many total copies have been pressed of Hey Killer? It's quality, not quantity. When you when you talk about pressing, it it has to do with units. And you know, I'm not going to give you a number, but. Vinyl, it's on a resurgence. So people want to buy any color, any flavor that you got. Stop and we figured bubblegum looks good. Hey, this is this is <laughs> what I do. We did. We had to. We had to up the ante and and up the amount of records we pressed for this one too. What in the mid middle of the order? So we're gonna have some to take with us on tour that starts um, shit on the first of August. Well, I think that's great because this is truly. And I'm not biased or anything. It's mm. truly one of my favorite local H records. So I remember, I think two summers ago, it might have been the summer like before, or you know, sort of in between when we were working on the new record, the Lifers record. I think I texted you because I I was driving back from uh, my mom's out in Carroll Stream, and I, you know, I had grabbed it to to play. And I was like, oh, my God, this thing sounds great. And the songs are great, and the performances are great. Like, it's really like, I mean, I think Ryan and you and me, all had, we all had something to prove on that record. And I think, right. uh, I think it shows, you know. 
right. came out. People, we were swinging. We were swinging for the cheap seats on that one. Yeah, right, right. I mean, it's 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 Ryan's first record. That's the thing that makes it, you know, the the most noteworthy, I guess. Uh, there is this thing that uh, we wanted to get this record out by South by Southwest the the following year um, of 2016 or something. No, 2015 we wanted to get it out. And the only, and and they looked at the time frame of that and Eddie was like, if you want to do that, you have to start recording like next month. And, and I was like, okay, cool. And I hung up the phone and I was like, oh, fuck, we don't have any songs. You know, we had recorded Misanthrope and One of Us. But other than that, we didn't really have songs. So it was a very similar situation to where we were with As Good As Dead, where Basso was like, you got to go back in the studio. And I was like, dude, I don't have anything. And, and that pressure just, we started writing like right away like that. So that was, the pressure was to get it done before South by Southwest. I kept, I remember thinking, why are we, why are we cracking the whip quite this hard? I remember like after we finished tracking, I wanted to like sit with the shit and play with it for a week. And you were like, no, 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 we're mixing right now. Yeah, we had to get going. (laughs) We had to get it out. We were on a time crunch. Um, and it was good that because, you did because it got done, you know? Right. And I really wanted to play South by Southwest. And I don't think we ended up playing South by Southwest, by the way, <laughs> uh, if anybody was wondering. You know, the last record, Hallelujah, I'm a Bum, was all about politics. And I don't think I was quite prepared for how angry people would be at us for that record. And people who hadn't even heard the record were like, fuck you, I'll never listen to you again. And I'm like, the record's <laughs> not even out yet, you know? I And you ha- don't even know what the songs sound like, or you don't even know who I'm going for here, you know? And they're like, fuck you, politics. <laughs> but my, my thinking was, on the next record, is like, fuck you. If you're pissed off at that, where do you hear my record about religion? So this record was was originally supposed to be a record about our religion record. You know, we would have our politics record and then our religion record. And that didn't really turn out to be what happened. But every song on this record does touch on at least one of three things, and that's religion, blues, or death. So there's this holy trinity idea, and um, there is a sort of a religion thing hanging over the entire record. But uh, it's not so explicit, and you know, I didn't really want to get into it in every interview I ever did. But Gabe, you did a bunch of, uh, you did a song by song rundown. And uh, why did you do that other than to sell records? <laughs> well, I, I was told about two weeks ago that we were going to get the records finally in our hands because it's been since February and we made the order. So I'm like, okay, we've been waiting so long. People almost forgot that he ordered it. We got, we got <laughs> I to did. bring, we got, <laughs> we got to rehype this thing and get the machine going again. And I figured, okay, let's do some kind of countdown. I said, okay, we got about ten days, eleven days, so I'm going to get the record. There's, there's eleven songs here. Let's 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 do something. And I just said, hey, should I just do it on my own, or should I ask you? You know, would you, should I just do it? Well, sometimes if I do something like that, you, you know, whatever. I figured, hey, let's try it out. I'm going to get it ready. I already had it, had it written before I even asked you if I could do it. Oh, you did? Yeah, I had the first one written. Okay, all right. And uh, then I said, hey, do you mind if I do a, a rundown of each song in my in my own take and what I think the songs are, you know, how they come out? And you were like, cool, whatever, go ahead. How long are they? I haven't looked yet. 
Oh, it's just a short synopsis, like uh, a couple like, paragraphs of each. Couple, each oh, so it's a couple paragraphs long. I was going to say you should read them. He's going planning. to read them. That's oh, he's going to? Is that the <laughs> yeah. plan? This is it. That's the plan. Oh, sweet. Let's so get on before, with this. Be, be, yes, let's get on with it, shall we? But before we get to Gabe, can I just ask quickly, how did you, what is the, what does Hey Killer mean? Why, why is the album called Hey Killer? And what's, and talk to me about the artwork of the album. Because they're both really striking and I don't know anything about either. Well, you were talking about Ralph Steadman earlier. And there is definitely a Ralph Steadman-esque thing going on. And our friend Phil Blythe, uh, I think once we decided the record was going to be called Hey Killer. And Andy, do you remember how long that took? Was that something that we were... It was pretty early on, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, really early on. Okay. So the cover is sort of like a cross between Richard Ramirez and the character... That guy who hangs out in in Ghost World and hangs out in the the uh, the parking lot of the the Seven Eleven with the nunchucks <laughs> and he's like freedom of speech, man. You know what I'm talking about? I know Ben does. Yeah. So it's he, a combat- that guy on your yeah. He also kind of looks like uh, the uncle in um, um, Napoleon, Napoleon Dynamite. Dynamite. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. So on the back of the cover with the guy holding nunchucks and and. Uh, mm. And he's, you know, flashing the, the devil horns. Um, well, it's interesting that there's three of this image of this guy, and you talk about this holy trinity of this album being yeah. religion, death, and blues. Yeah, we're no slouches when it comes to this stuff. So, without any further ado, Gabe. Oh, he's going to drink some water. He's going <laughs> to... He's got to hydrate. He's got to loosen those cords. He's going to lube up those pipes. Lube them, baby. Lube them up. Do you want me to read the, the intro to my synopsis of the song or just wait you have you have an intro to the synopsis i don't know i don't know what i'm talking about Mm -hmm. anyway on june 30th i started this venture of writing my take on each song and it starts like this i said while the guys are practicing for the upcoming tour let's count down the days until the hey killer bubblegum colored vinyl arrives let's chat about each song one day at a time I don't okay. mean to say one day at a time. I if did, you guys I, I are listening at home, take a drink every time Gabe mentions the bubblegum color. <laughs> right. Be a good drink drinking game. Now available. <laughs> yeah, let's all do this. <laughs> but wait, there's more. <laughs> so, okay. so, so you start with the first track. Yes. The last picture show in Zion. Does anyone get a small deep purple feel on this song? I may be biased on this one because I got to sing backups. But once it gets in my head... It takes a while to get it out. Maybe it's the pulsing bass guitar that kicks kicks you in the gut. Either way, this is a killer intro, and I always love seeing it first on the set list. Best part of this song live is the drum fill at the end where Ryan adds his touch with a super fast, whatchamacallit, snare snazzy double roll. A funny story about the old theater, they tore it down. My, <laughs> my wife collected a couple of bricks from the Dunes Theater in Zion when they did tear it down and put one in our yard, and she also gave one to Scott. I wonder if he still has it. I still have it. You do? Yeah. Don't turn around. <laughs> That's right. So are you talking about a small Deep Purple, like as in we're, we're Deep Purple Junior, or just a tiny bit of Deep Purple? No, just uh, the way Deep Purple uses keyboards... Almost like a guitar. Well, those have, aren't key, those aren't keyboards. Well, they sound like keyboards. I don't I don't know what they're using and what what Richie Blackmore did back in the day. No, 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 no. They're <laughs> they're using a keyboard. Deep Purple are using keyboards. We're not using keyboards. Okay, but 
like Iron it, Maiden. It gives the feel of the way Deep Purple sounded. Like shoes. You're not using keyboards. Yeah, right. right. But I think it's more keyboards. American sounding than, uh, than Deep Purple. I don't think the Brits could have pulled off the sort of swampy, sleazy groove that that song has. I remember, Scott, do you remember I wanted you guys to do it even slower? Like you, you and Ryan right. sort of made me, uh, outvoted me on that. I wanted to try it 2 BPM slower because I thought like the greasier the better, like a Melvin's track. or There's a slower version, yeah. But I thought I the vault. Did we record it? I don't know. We if did. We, we did. We did. We. We recorded a slower basic version of it, but right, uh, I remember singing it. along to it and I was just like, it's just too slow. I sound stupid. For me, I was going for uh, Neil Young, basically, with that release. Oh, thank God you said that. Yeah, definitely. Because to me, I'm always hearing the end of Cinnamon Girl when I hear this song. Oh, yeah, totally. And at, well, at you, th- you kind of quote that at some point. At the end, I throw, throw in a little thing to sound like Cinnamon Girl. So, yeah. So, so I do that. Uh, but, but the thing that Gabe is hearing is actually not an organ. It's, it's a, a pog pedal, which is an octave pedal. And uh, so it does a thing that's got like a low octave and it's also got a high octave. So when it goes through the distortion pedal, it sounds like a goddamn mess. But it sometimes it'll sound like an organ. And I yeah, think it does, that's it does sound like an organ. It definitely does. He's not wrong. Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, one of the things about the song that kind of I, I, don't, I don't really think I mean, I, I love the the. The chorus melody when it's like the ah when it's a wordless melody, but I think the word melody is not as I don't know. Listening to it today, I liked it, but when we play it live, sometimes I think this isn't really a fucking hook. This isn't a chorus. It's just not anthemic enough, and uh, I, I wish it were better. But um, overall, I, I think it's I, pretty good. I don't think I would change anything. I think it's perfect. Well, thank you. Yeah, I think it's awesome. I think uh, 
I think the grit of the lyrics and the delivery. And this was my, I, also, this was like when you were kind of coming back from your your uh, vocal cord issue. Right. And just sort of like finally getting your, your power. And it was more, you know, for a while there, it was more like hoping for the best, whereas now it was like, right. I fucking got this, you know? Right. I, I would, you know, what came up uh, on our drive the other day was uh, our cover, that Married Men cover of uh, Coward of the County. Yes, you were struggling and, then, my yes, friend. Yes, and that was the first recording that I, I did after coming back from Russia. And that was, and I, w I would come back from Russia. We recorded that fairly quickly after I did because we had, yeah. had to finish it because we were going to South by Southwest. And yeah. and just listening to my voice on that. I mean, it almost works for the track, you know, Coward of the County. It almost, to be that timid almost makes the song. But, uh, but man, I was listening to myself and I was like, oh. Yeah, I remember when we were recording, I was like, this is, he's not going to make it through this thing. It's not, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Remember we were talking about, well, maybe I can, you know, sort of phase into a Tom Waits thing, you know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Which... I don't think you're wrong in that that did sort of happen in a good way and a long way. I do. It's funny because like a lot of times when we start a local H record and certainly when we finish one, like I'll, you know, get a bottle of something and sit down and go through the entire fucking thing. And listening to the early local H, like you sound like a squeaky teenager sort of. Yeah. It's weird. It's embarrassing. And it's like, <laughs> no, because I, I remember when you came in to do the demos for As Good As Dead, like I was like, wow, this guy can really fucking sing. I don't remember at all thinking, this guy's a pipsqueak, you know? But now when I listen to it, it's like, you're a little pipsqueaky yeah. compared to what you're doing now, which it's like you were saying, like the gravitas, like it's a good thing, you know? But now, yeah. now that you're not struggling with you know notes and power and you know pitch and stuff like having a little junk in the trunk is a good thing you know no in this song it, it just it seems so i don't want to say bold but it every time i hear you say there ain't no ghost in the sky and it just says it over and over i'm thinking to myself how how do you go back to the city of zion knowing that you're telling them this you know yeah and it's just like it's so it's i don't know what the word is for it but it's 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 out there there ain't no ghosts in your ghost town and there ain't no ghosts in the sky now you sing theater in this song and i hear you say say the word that way in real mm -hmm. life sometimes too but not always are you conscious of that theater versus theater not really no i'm not is it movie theater yeah Movie theater. Is it supposed to be movie theater? Or is I think it movie it's a, I think it's a regional difference. So movie theater. Well, I mean, what what about if if you're going if you're in school? Are you in school for theater or theater? Well, you that, that sounded pretty similar to me both times you said that. <laughs> I don't think you said the the way you sing it, which is yeah. it, I think it works more syllable wise for the song for you yeah. to break it up and say theater. Fit the phrasing right. for sure. Yeah. But you also say that. I just think you grew. You might have grown up saying it that way. Yes. And definitely, like, when we were at school, there was the the theater department, the drama department. They were talking about theater. And I, I think that's the way they said it. I don't think they said theater. So if that is wrong, Mr. I don't Moore, know that. It, I'm not saying it's wrong. I just think it's like an, it's almost like an accent, you know, like a, like yeah. a dialect. Yeah. Like I might have, you know, that dialect. I that's might. great. It's, it's possible. It's, it's adorable. I'm 
right. All right. Moving on. Moving track on. number two, Gabe. I was going to title the songs as song one, song two, song three, but I, I, I stopped it after this one. So on to City of Knives. This song reminds me of a 70s movie c- car chase. Once again, these drums are top notch. Guitars make me feel like I'm right there with Marsha. The sudden stops in the verse. Marsha. Marsha Mar- who? Brady? Your amp, your, your, your speaker. You know, oh, yeah. the Marsha. The I thought I, maybe the- I tear I tear off the L's on our Marshall cabinet so it says Marsha. Okay, I just, you know, I just want, you know, the listeners, Gabe, that, that don't know that, I just want to uh, clarify. It's, an, in, it's an inside joke with the deep, you know, fans that know who Marsha is. Marsha is. I know, but not everyone listening to this. Okay. Uh, I mean, everyone listening to this is. But, uh, <laughs> you don't think we okay. have any casual listeners left at this point in the conversation? <laughs> no casual <laughs> listeners are going to listen to this episode. That's for goddamn sure. Oh, All right. God. The sudden stops. What did I say? The sudden stops in the verse really bring this riff to the forefront, not to mention the super fast tambourine. You always got to recognize a sharp tambo. <laughs> I also game love- recognize game. <laughs> I also love the grit in the chorus that is Morrison-esque. Run for your lives. Ooh. Listen to those extra guitars towards the end. I seem to find more stuff as I listen to this now. I'm starting to like Andy Gerber's work more every time I hear him <laughs> behind the knobs. Oh my! Wow, it's pretty good. So, so you you picked up on on the Morrison thing on this song, not on the last song. Uh, maybe it's because Ruddy, "Run for Your Lives" and "City of Knives" sounds so much like. Uh, you know, LA City woman. at night. What's that? Yeah. Yeah. City at night. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's well, he, here's something that uh, you're not gonna like, Gabe. But oh. the the very end of that, remember your life. What, what's the last lyric in the last chorus? You gonna play it? Oh yeah, at the end we go City at night, run for your lives. Oh. Right, that that part. Right. Okay. So uh, that is actually a, a ball, and sometimes live I do this. Uh, that's actually a bald faced rip of replacements senior video so sometimes when we're playing this live i sing uh uh we don't want to know it's phony rock and roll uh so yeah that was that part is totally supposed to be that song by the replacements gabe all right andy gabe will he refuses to try to get into the replacements (laughs) oh come on gabe just yeah, it's like saying you don't like oxygen. It's like people who don't like it's like people who don't like Led Zeppelin. It's like what are you talking about? You know, love is like oxygen. You know, Genius Genius Lyric says this song, City of Knives, could be a reference to Chicago, which has one of the highest crime rates in the nation. It could be. It could be. I think the, the, uh, it was sort of uh, spurred on by the riots in Ferguson at the time. And mm. I, I think that's what, what that was, was their inspiration for certainly. Right. But, right. It, but it applies widely. Right. 
Right, and, and Chicago was definitely on my mind when, when we, we were writing it. So uh, I think City and I is definitely, uh, of the three ideas on this record, religion, blues, or death, this is death. Uh, but like there was, I think originally I wanted to do sort of a hot snakes type of song and there was something about the stop and start and you know like the sort of really noty type of riff um and then i sort of realized when we went to record it and i don't remember what amp we used andy but i kind of wanted it to sound like uh kill them all or or wait what what's uh shoot the lights we 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 might have even plugged in direct i think for that did we we might have yeah like i think we wanted to try that and i think that might have been i think we did and if not it's cer- it's certainly the crappy Roland if not but there's a lot yeah. of layers of guitars on that on that track right Gabe, what what Metallica song am i thinking of that you that might be thinking riff- hit you thinking hit the lights hit the lights this is exactly what i'm thinking mm. of okay. i get i kind of get a little bit of like a queens feel with them like you know just because he's got such a unique guitar sound but it's always sounds like a really small amp you know mic'd up right well we like uh andy has this Roland amp in his studio that I, I love and I use as much as possible. That was actually given to me by Corey from the cells, by the way. Corey, oh, yeah. if you're listening. <laughs> I, Corey, I love that thing. I love that thing. But it almost You've, sounds... you've made the last <laughs> local age records for the past 15, 20 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It almost sounds like that. Uh, what's the, It almost sounds like one of the songs on Bleach, too. Like, it's got that... Is that yeah, Mr. That, Mustache or something like that? Yeah, that sort of uh, chromatic little riff. Yeah. Thingamajig. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a fun riff, but since I broke one of my fingers, it's a pretty hard riff to play these days. But Stop yeah. doing that. I know. <laughs> I don't have many left. Was that the first song we mixed for the record? Do you remember? I don't know, but I do remember in my head that this is going to be the first single. And I remember I th- when Jill Tomlinson was working with us, and she goes, yeah, really? <laughs> Everybody thought I was crazy. And, and, you know, right away I was like, I know what the first single's going to be. And, you know, and it wasn't, of course. I want to say that the, we mixed this one first, and then as, like, it took me maybe two songs to kind of fine-tune the drum sound, especially the snare. And I remember when so, we got to the end, I, I pitched hard for and got you to agree to going back and tweaking those first two tunes, which I think was this one, and maybe Freshly Fucked. Oh, we um, to, always do that, though, don't we? Like, well, you know, PJ, you made me rec- remix the entire the entire record. But this one, remember, we took so much time. <laughs> we took so much time with each song, and you were reticent. You were like, we spent, like, you know, two days on that. You want to, what? Are you crazy? I was like, we have to do it. <laughs> And you were like, yeah, okay. you you were definitely in a zone, and and you you were like, you know, I still feel like you were stinging from from PJ, like yeah, I had you were just kind of like, I can mix a record better than this. <laughs> I can make good records too. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, that was my last thought. I think we I think a, we mixed that one twice. It's a good thought. That makes sense, yeah. Gabe. Uh, all right. We're going on to Freshly Fucked, <laughs> even though I, I, the thing I remember most but before I talk about this was the video of Ryan counting all the time just say fuck in, in the song. That was pretty oh, yeah. funny. That was, re- yeah, remember <laughs> that, Andy? Yes. There was, so, yeah, there we, was lots of good shenanigans because you guys were 
promoting this online at the time, so it was it was fun to sort of have it be sort of this uh, public public art project, you know? Right. I mean, this is the first time and last time that we'd ever done a, a crowdfunding thing for a record. We did it through Pledge, Pledge music. music. Yeah, Pledge Music. Which is now, um, what, like, they, they're... Uh, what happened to them? They got sued or something. Yeah, they, they, weren't, they weren't giving the bands the money. Like, you guys got paid, right? We got paid, but other people got super fucked. And like one Donnie of them, V. Yeah. Oh, well, poor Donnie one of them V. I'm sure, was, I'm sure it wasn't Donnie's fault. <laughs> well, well, failure got, was, got really Oh, really? Oh, and they sucks. were definitely one of the people leading this lawsuit. And mm. th- there was a little crusade for them. Interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, it worked out for us. And I was a little wary of doing something like this, you know, because I, I don't dig that kind of shit. But then I, I sort of looked at it like people are basically just pre-ordering the pre-ordering. record. It's basically a pre-order, as, yeah. Right. And as long as it doesn't suck, what's the harm in it, you know? Also, one thing, um, this was... Like, usually when we make a local H record, you know, these days, it's like, you don't know where it's going to end up or what you're going to do with it. It's more like we make it first, right. build build it, and they will come. Whereas that one, we kind of knew, like, you knew that there was going to be X amount of dollars available, which is one of the reasons, you know, we spent so much on mastering, for one thing. Hmm. But it also, yeah. I think, like, sort of, it was freeing. It was probably a bigger burden for you because you felt the weight of having to really deliver, which, you know, you do anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But like for me, it just, it felt better somehow knowing that everything was, we knew going in that everything was gonna be okay, which like isn't always the case, you know what I'm saying? You brought up the mastering. Do you think one of the reasons that the record sounds so good is because of the mastering, or you, you don't really I, It's hard that? to say because like he didn't change it that much, and also like Kenny did a, did a quickie, mastering job and it sounds practically identical hmm. which i think speaks to what we did on the mixes but uh i think it's like you know getting a good lawyer if you get off you know it's like well oh maybe i shouldn't have paid that guy it's like well you're paying right. for peace of mind to a certain degree like we yeah. were paying for that guy whether we got what we wanted or got our money's worth we were paying for him to be the the master guy, the the guy sitting in judgment of those tracks to say it needs this or that. And if he's at the end of the day said it doesn't need much, then great, you know. But, you know, I felt like there was sort of peace of mind just having him do his thing, you know, and making sure, putting his stamp on it. And I hope that's what we paid for. I hope you didn't just phone it in. I don't think he did. You were there, right? I was there. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it sounds good. Yeah. The proof I, is in the pudding. Yeah. I think he'd, you know, it sounds great, so I think, you know, whatever he did, he did the right thing, you know. Yes. Speaking of pudding, Gabe. What, what pudding? <laughs> Freshly oh. fucked? I, th- I actually think that the pressing, the bubblegum vinyl was pressed at a different plant, by the way. So there, you might hear something different because it's pressed at a different place. Is that true, Andy? It could be, yeah. Well, I mean, you you sent me the, the test pressings, and I actually think it does sound better. The vinyl test pressing the, of these new the, ones sound better than the last vinyl. Like the quality of the, the vinyl itself and the thickness and all that definitely yeah, can I change mean, I don't, from plant to plant. It could sound different okay. for sure. Yeah, because when I was listening to this for these reviews, I was listening to the vinyl once I finally plugged in my turntable. Here we go. Freshly fucked. <laughs> the shortest song on the record. 
This one wastes no time to get you fired up. Is it, it shorter than salt mine? I looked at the time on on YouTube and it said it was the shortest. I, I think I think, I think it was. True. I think salt okay. mine's a little longer. This is like a sprint to the finish line where you're out of breath at the end, or maybe something else. It's about here in the record where I start to understand the vocal sounds. I'm not a recording engineer. I don't even play one on TV. But this vocals from the bathroom sound, as I call it, really sticks to me. The hook in the verses is accentuated with the guitar while it gently weeps through the middle of this track. No pun okay. intended. No pun intended. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, what was intended? <laughs> the double time at the end is a nice triumph across the finish line with the wind at your back. This is surely all killer and no filler. Oh, shit. <laughs> all right. So what was that thing you said? A race to the finish? What, what was that? I said, uh, this is like a sprint to the finish line where you're out of breath at the end or maybe something else. Out of breath at the end or maybe some, what, what is something else? I don't get it. What are you trying to say? Is it's, that a sexual innuendo? Yes, it's a sexual innuendo without <laughs> without being too sexual. He's working blue, Scott. That's what's going on. I don't I get I'm it. Blushing. I'm blushing over here. He's working blue. <laughs> out of, I didn't know, like I didn't know we were working out of blue. Some, out of breath or out of something else? Oh, come. You're spent. You're spent. He's, tar- yes. he's yes. talking, about, gonna, he's talking was, about semen. I was trying to say something like, I need a cigarette after this song, is what I was trying to say, but I don't smoke. That's what you should have said. That's better. That's, what, that, that, that's a good line. Listen, yeah. I'm not I feel, I feel dirty and I need a cigarette after this song. I, okay. That's what you should have wrote, Gabe. I'm going to edit it and, and change it. So nobody I knows changed that. I, I think that's it's the way to go. too late. It's too anyway. late, Luther. Oh, history is, history is mutable. Haven't we learned anything from our friend <laughs> Donnie Trump? Well, there's, uh, there's sort of a Looney Tunes thing going on in this song. Maybe else get that, you know, especially at the opening that. So that was one of the things going there. Also, you know, I was really into the Bronx and, you know, of course, Rock from the Crypt and, you know, these like punk songs that have these like really heavy and, you know, that muting that, you know, that kind of thing. You know what I'm talking about, right, Gabe? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm on too. I'm with you. Yeah. So, I mean, I wanted to get that in there. And that's one of the things I love about this track is on the chorus is like wow so freshly fucked and you get that like we really if you remember gerber like we really accented those those yep. uh, those palm mutes and, and there's a something about it uh that occurred to me today it sounds almost the way like when metallica would cover punk songs on the garage days right this sounds sort of like if this were a punk song but we're a metal band covering a punk song uh, I just think this song is so fast, and you even play it faster live. I I, I can't. I mean, it's like wow. You you don't slow down when you play this one live. No, and this song is almost like when you come to the lyrics, it it's like the flip side of Lovey Dovey. This is like the sequel to Lovey Dovey, but at the same time, it's the guy who's pissed goes out and gets laid, and he's like, "Fuck everybody." Yeah, he's like, "Oh, love is great." You know, what was I so pissed about? This song makes me blush if I'm listening to it in mixed company. Uh-huh. And I feel like it's really, lyrically, it's like really like bold and sort of, I, I, I get a little embarrassed. And, and it reminds me of songs I probably wrote when I was 18 or 20, but would never <laughs> think of writing in my 40s. But on the other hand, I feel, I, and I remember reading a review at the time where they were talking about this and about how that this was so out of character for you, that you don't usually address this kind of an issue. Right, uh, sex in such blunt terms. So, what did you feel emboldened? Did you feel like this was you were putting yourself out on a limb? Well, I remember somebody, somebody 
was talking about it and they were like uh it's like this is you're too old to sing a song like this no and but that's the beauty of that that's the beauty of it because that's, that's my exactly favorite line is we make our married friends sick because like my yeah. daughter was like five or six where we made this record i was like oh yeah fucking yeah. asshole no that's exactly the, <laughs> that's exactly the, the, it the that's what it is it. Yeah, like that dude like, missed the point I, i'm no bon scott but uh, <laughs> right but that's not bad So, Gabe. <laughs> yes. Take us to track number four. All right. Gig Bag Road. Coughs, cowbells, and the meanest bass I've heard in a while. See, you could have gone for alliteration there. Coughs, cowbells, and something else that starts with C, but yet you abandon it. Never walk away. Never walk away from a bit. You don't abandon a bit. Rule <laughs> number one. Even if it's dying, yeah, not even a, not even a little bit. What, what would I use? Coughs, cowbells, and and cacophony. I was going to say cacophony, but no, bass. I was I wanted to push the bass. bass. Gig Gig Bad Road is no slouch, as this album shows. Wait, zero. start over. All right, hold on. <laughs> what did you just hit? <laughs> Coughs, cowbells, coughs. Did I did I touch the mouse? No, <laughs> so far fine. so good. You're All fine. Right. It's good. Don't touch the All mouse. All right, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> coughs, coughs, cowbells, and the meanest bass I've heard in a while. Gig Bag Road is no slouch as this album shows zero signs of letting up on the riffs. It is possible the internet is not the best place to reference these lyrics. Mm-hmm. Good thing good thing the vinyl includes a lyric sheet. Same, shameless <laughs> plug. This is a fan favorite when played live, as it should be. I seem to have found some new sounds in these songs that I haven't heard before as I go back to reacquaint myself with this record the ahs during the wheel do it in the road part are nice a nice topping like jardinera on your favorite pizza (laughs) as they as they bring this song home (laughs) i don't know if this line is a nod to the beatles why don't we do it in the road but it should be maybe i shouldn't review this on an empty stomach (laughs) (laughs) oh my all right Uh, was was that a sexual reference too no no is that like semen no, it's the 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 harmonies, the oohs and the ahs at the no, end I know. of the song. I remember the, the, the queen bits. The oohs and the ahs. I thought we were going a little too far. Like, then we we tried I, taking them out. I think. Yeah, I, I, I was starting like on some of these songs. I was starting to get sensitive about the uh, over overproducing. You know? Yeah. Oh, and, but this one's so delicious. Yeah, and it, it it's like. And when that came in, I was like, well, wait a minute. When did this fucking song get so sweet and uh, sugary? You know, and I, I didn't expect that to happen. This tune is probably my favorite song on the record and one of my favorite Local H songs ever. And I think the performance is amazing. I think all the crap we put on there makes really interesting sounding recording. The guitar sounds great. That's my that's that little maestro tweed. Right. And uh, 
everything about that yeah yeah i really felt like that's the tone it needed for this tune and i just feel like this tune like there's not a hair out of place on this tune like it delivers in spades and i remember you like you know we had time for you to come into the the practice space with us and like yes you're really you i mean i was going for a stones vibe obviously with the guitar riff but you sort of heard it as more of an acdc thing was am i wrong about that acdc zz top like oh right Stones definitely too, like all of that. I mean, they're all dipping in the same well, you know. Yes, of to course. a certain degree. I mean, I saw the guitar tone being real big, Billy Gibbonsy. Like that's what I wanted for that. I, I think I pushed for the slide in that too. Yes, which sounds great. Man, you don't have to push me too hard for the slide. No, no, you you give in pretty readily to that because yeah. it's always a good idea. Usually, have, have we ever slide? put out a record that doesn't have slide on it? I don't know. Probably not. Is there slide on? Is there a slide on Hallelujah, My Bum? I don't know. You'd have to tell me. I wasn't there for most of it. I know, I know. <laughs> if there's one record that doesn't have slide on it, it's that. But It's the record I didn't be make because I would have probably goaded you into playing slide on it at yeah. some point. Yeah, all right, all right. Enough about how you didn't make Hallelujah, My Bum. Oh, Let's talk about on. how you did make this record. I wasn't even talking <laughs> about that. Um, no, this, this this song, uh, I love the lyrics too. This is the lifer's lyric, you know, totally. Right. Probably even the like the germ of it for you in a lot of ways, right? In, in a lot of ways, yeah. I mean, this is, and and like you know, the gig bag type of thing is. You know what? Actually, I have carried my guitar in a gig bag. Uh, I had one of our guitars. I forget which one. It might have been one of the that green Ibanez. It was in a gig bag, you know, but. But the gig bag road thing, I, I think I'm almost thinking about friends of ours like like Pete or Jason, who like sure, you know, like, sure. you know those kind of guys who like really, really are like the the um, playing musicians. Like they're playing different music every night. They're like you know, and you see those guys in Nashville all the time. They're like, all right, I'm done with this. Off to my next gig. You know, right, like, right, totally. But. Um, but yeah, I mean, this song's definitely about being on the road. Yeah, I was gonna so. say it's a little more road. Like those guys are 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 doing that, but local. Whereas this, right, is, right, right, like right. the Rumble Strip, they're not dealing about the with the right. Rumble Strip. The metaphor doesn't quite hold up. Not exactly. So it, it's it's about a guy on a road who who can't afford good guitar cases. Right. All right, here we go. That's that, that's even. He better. doesn't. He's he's driving himself to his next gig. You know. Right. Yes. Yes. Easy. You're cutting a little deep. So, <laughs> do you remember how you came up with that term, the gig bag road? Is that something that you'd heard somebody else say, or was I don't. It inspired by some other? I have sort no of idea. Like thing? I don't I think know. You where just it made it up. up. I think you yep. kind of just coined it. Just a thing. But Gabe, you finally noticed uh, the Beatles reference in the song. Well, I only noticed it because I looked at the lyrics. Well, like. Before looking, at, before looking at the lyrics, I thought you said a different line. I thought you were saying, we're doing it rogue, you know, R-O-G-U-E. Oh, but then I, I, looked at, I looked at the lyrics, and I'm like, hold on a second. It says, why don't, you know, we'll do it in the road. Yeah, and we'll I, do it in the road. And then I said, okay, this is, it's got, it has to be a Beatles reference. Right, there's the Beatles reference in the song, and I think we covered this before. There's the Pink Floyd reference in, in the song. I was going to ask you to cover it again, because I feel like this is the most misheard lyrics on the internet song on the album, probably. Oh, the pig float. Right, yeah. I'll never be a pig float, which is realizing that you'll never be a classic rock A stadium band. band. Yeah, you'll never be a band like Pink Floyd, and you know this is it, this is what you do, you grind it out, and you know, it, it, 
Could be worse. As Still long as pretty good. Fall, as long as you don't fall asleep. Well, the rumble strip will wake you up. Yeah. All right, but the internet also says marching in the big parade where the saints... Marching in where the, the saints... Oh, in the pig parade. pig parade. It's marching in the pig parade. And then it says where the saints show the same signs. Now, that's not right, is it? No, it's where the, where the same shirts were the same side. You know how like when you, mm-hmm. you'd play basketball or you'd be... Uh, we're on each other's team. So you Dodge actually ball. put a, a, right. a sports reference into one of your songs, which is mind-blowing to me. Well, it's, it's, it's more, you know, dodgeball. Okay. It's more, it's <laughs> That's more as far as you go. It's, it's more high school or grade school sports, you know. So w- w- what, what does this song reference? Are we talking about death, religion, or the blues? Certainly the blues. Obviously, yeah. That's it. Here we go. So okay. check. It's sort of about death. And it's about religion. Music is a religion. It's about all three. They're all about all three. Well, Come according on. to the internet, you're talking about saints. So the internet thinks it's a religion song. Yeah. Right. These saints. Right. The misprints. But, but no, it's wear the same shirts. Wear the same shirt with the same side. Yeah. Maybe I should pull up the lyrics. I thought I saw somebody on, the, on, on your Facebook page not too long ago say, wear the same shirts, wear the same size, which... <laughs> it made me think that's, it was like you and Ryan walking oh, around maybe, in identical, yeah. like trading that's shirts or bad. something. That's not right. bad. Any killer lyrics. I woke up on the rebel strip. Now I'm okay. See, these lyrics are really wrong. Um, it says, I woke up on the rumble strip. Now I'm in the passing lane. So it's, I woke up on the rumble strip, not off in the passing lane. Not off in lane. the passing lane. Yeah. We move at a comfortable clip, marching in the big parade. It's pig parade. Coming forth to carry me home. Well, coming for to carry me home. So this there's is your religion. There's your religion right there. Coming for to carry me home. Walking down the gig bag road. I'm never going to be pig food. It's not pig food. Pig it's float. I'm never going to be a pig float. Oh, looking for a piggyback ride. Marching in the pig parade. Where the saints show the same signs. That's not it. We're drinking the same Kool-Aid. Ain't nobody wants your soul. So there we go. Soul in there. And drinking the that. Kool-Aid, that Kool-Aid. means your, your, yeah, your religion. Jones. No, don't even death, want your death. Don't drinking even want the Kool-Aid your, means yeah. you're drinking the cyanide. Don't even want your rock and roll. Looking for a way back home, walking down the gig bag road. So do you guys play this one live often or no? Not often. Yeah, it's I a feel like real I, bitch to sing. Is it? I don't feel like yeah. I've... Uh, 
if I've seen you play it, maybe it's been once. And you know, like the bass is a little more prominent on this song, right? So and, it's tough and sometimes to pull off. I, it's okay. I, I think I don't think people miss it that much, but sometimes I feel bad. Yeah. Um, but I, I love the the bass tone on this, and the bass tones on all of this, all the songs on this record are pretty good. And we were st- starting to really get into bass distortion, which yep. is a definite influence from what Sanford was doing with us on uh, uh, Hallelujah, My Bum. So we were definitely taking that and go, you know what, that worked. Let's keep doing that and stuff. So that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Gabe. Time for the misanthrope. The misanthrope. I didn't realize it had the in the beginning of it, but I guess it does. Here we go. It does, because it's a Moliere reference. Moliere? Moliere? (laughs) Moliere? I don't know. What is it, Ben? Is Is it Moliere or Moliere? It depends on which part of the country you're from. You know it's Moliere. <laughs> or which country you're from. You know it's Moliere. I, think I only it's know Moliere. it. I know it from the Breakfast Club. Oh. And they say Moliere in the Breakfast Club? I think they say it both ways. Judd Nelson says it one oh, way, and Milo Ringwald, Milo Ringwald says it another way. Look it up. Look at this cinephile. Hey. Oh. When it comes, when it comes to Milo Ringwald, I know my quotes. Here we go. The misanthrope. Is, is anyone else starting to see a pattern in the movies that Gabe will watch? <laughs> I'm big into chick flicks. John, yes, John Hughes. <laughs> yes. And, and Grease 2, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Wait, okay. Molly Ringwald, wonderful. <laughs> Here we go. The misanthrope. Oh, yeah. Let it go, Ben. <laughs> All right. I can't be the only person that had to check to see if misanthropy was really a word excellent pronunciation i only know it from how you said it in the song now we have to establish that it is (laughs) now that we know we can't we can't trust my pronunciation in anything but go on now that we have established that that it is let's talk about the most memorable intro the guys have laid upon us this on this record oh yes it is catchy why i don't think it's that catchy why why do you think it's catchy uh Enough about me. What do you think about it's, me? It's the one note intro. Like it, it's it's. Have you done that before? What are you talking about? The intro the to the song. Yeah. With the, just the guitar and the vocal. Yeah. You mean just hands on the Bible. The <laughs> that's that's a chord. That's just that's hands on the Bible is a chord, isn't it? And this is just a note. No, it's a note. <laughs> I love when I've, you. Me. <laughs> uh, but in all fairness to Gabe, Scott Lucas told Loudwire. Uh, I'm going to skip the first two thirds of this quote. I've been wondering where you're going to come in with these reviews. (laughs) Uh, Come on, Ben Reiser. This is what you do. Then we tried to make the chorus as catchy as possible so you wouldn't notice that the song is such a downer. So you were working on making it catchy. Yeah, but he's talking about the intro. Oh. Oh, you're saying the intro is catchy? (laughs) Fuck that. Yes, here we go. Another killer riff followed by a soothing hi hat topped off with lyrics that make me want to find a thesaurus before the second verse pops. Speaking of pops, get a load of the snare drum sound, sound that Ryan bashes on this song. I mean, holy helmet. The, the, misanthrope, the misanthrope may be the strongest gem from this album, which is saying a lot, being that my favorites off the record are surely deeper cuts. Of the songs I have recapped thus far, this one is toughest to describe as it just makes sense without needing a reason. The catchphrase that everybody remembers, there's nothing worse than people, simply stands on its own. True H fans get it, and that is all that matters. 
Ooh. Gabe. Deep. Laying it down. Laying the gauntlet. That's pretty thick. Down. I laid it pretty thick there. But she she did. That that tagline is 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 gone and it's had legs and it 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 it's it's very memorable. There's nothing worse than people. Yes, people. I think I think it's a. Uh, I think it's a. Wait, what do you call it? It's not necessarily a quote, but come on, Ben, help me out. It's a uh, catchphrase. No. Uh, Mon- mantra. No. <laughs> Way of when life. It, when it's when it's, it's a, a, riff a, a, a paraphrase, I think paraphrase, that's a paraphrase, paraphrase of a line from Seinfeld. Oh, oh I see. But there's that's something like very... the last line isn't that the, isn't that the end of Seinfeld where they say that or something? What? Something like that? Like there's nothing worse than people? No, he goes. He goes. People. Nothing They're the worst. So this this and one of us were the two that were recorded for the uh, team EP. Right. right, way yep. before the rest of the stuff, and uh, it's interesting that those two, like the the the, um, the themes and content of those are like the ap- opposite. Like, right, one is like I hate people, and the one is like, oh, we have right. these people, you know. Right, one is people are the worst, and the other is people are the greatest thing that's right. Yeah, ever. And do you remember? It was interesting that um, Gabe picked up on the snare song. Is do you remember? We mixed all of the later stuff first, um, and then got to the. I think we started with this one, and I was trying to match the tones. And I mean, even though the drums have been recorded in the same room, right, in a similar way by the same engineer, they were different. They were different. So like, it took me a while to like right. get them to work as a as you know sounding consistent with the new stuff. And I remember once again you were like. I don't know if we're going to be able to use this for the record. And I was like, it's going to work, Scott. Just give me some time. Relax. It's going to be yeah. fine. I don't know, man. It's well, off the record. Like, it's off the record. That's it. I mean, you know, we were, t- we were talking about how we wanted, we didn't want it to be the same version that was on the team EP. Right. And so this we is something that we were, a little bit. we were talking about last week with Jeff Murphy about, you know, about the Beatles not putting their singles on the records. Like, and and the Pixies, by the way, were, were were doing that. They were they were putting out EPs and then putting the EPs together and saying, "Here's our new record." And it's like, no, it's not. It's a bunch right. of fucking EPs. You're ripping right. us off. Right. So we wanted to make sure that uh, it wasn't the same. It was the same song, but it wasn't the same recording. It wasn't the same mix. We put on uh, a, a really cool piano bit on mm-hmm. it. That's, you know, admittedly it's minor, but I like it a lot. Uh, and there was a couple of other things and we did stuff on one of us as well. Like we put some harmonies on there. There's a different guitar solo. Um, you know, we, we weren't trying to rip people off, but, but they're really good songs and there's no reason why they should only be on an EP that only a hundred people or 500 people could get, you know? Right. So it was one of those things with trying to get the best of both worlds. Um, and I don't remember having a huge problem with the snare. I, well, I mean, it wasn't just the snare; just in general, they weren't matching. Okay. And you know, you yeah. know how I kind of even do though my... they recorded in the same room, they weren't matching. Stuff wasn't wasn't sounding consistent, and yeah. I was, you know, working. But that's Im- that's important too. You wanted to match the record. Yeah. You don't so want we, we work we work with sound. it. Correct. But right. it wasn't. It was something that was. You know, it it was going to happen. But I remember you were getting a little antsy and a little 
you were starting to lose faith in whether it would happen. I was like, no, no, it's going to be fine. And we did, I think, in some ways, we putting those two together in the middle of the record, give them sort of, it's like the Zeppelin, you know, going to the acoustic set in the middle of the show. It's sort of a breather and a little bit of a different sonic uh, landscape in the middle of the record, which I think is a nice, a nice thing. Choking on scenery Near grist to feed the machinery Fairy tales and useless fables Prayers at the children's table It ends with us dead Gabe, do you remember, did Ryan join in 2013 or 2014? Uh, I guess we should have invited him. <laughs> yeah, where is that guy? Right, he was oh, part of this record, right? Yeah, yeah. You're going to be seeing a lot of him in the coming weeks. So. Oh, boy. Hold on, everybody. He's going to be around. He's going to have like a rebuttal episode to this. <laughs> right. Yeah. 2013, right? I believe so. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, so I think he... He came in 2013, and so we put out the Team EP, and then we put out uh, mixtape number two. And then we put out this, right? Or was mixtape number two after this? I believe that was the Team EP first. We put out mixtape two right before this. We kind of, I remember giving you a hard time. I was like, we shot our wad. You should have held that. Yeah. Because it came out right before. Like, it came out, like, while we were starting to work on this. I right. Think. Yeah, well, yeah. But then okay. this was out, like, right after that, you know, because it was so quick. It was fine. Come on, man. The yeah. Beatles did it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it's good. It was good to, have, good to have stuff out there, and the stuff was great. I just thought, I thought that, that um, the mixtape was so good. It was little, I was a little sad that it didn't get a little more time in the limelight, you know. But yeah, I think it's might be overshadowed by mix one. I think you're right. Oh wow! But who was going to say something? I was just mentioning the the the. I brought up the the thesaurus, but I think this song has the theme of religion because you talk. You say I chloroform the evil. First of all, what the heck is chloroform? Are you serious right now? You don't know what chloroform is. <laughs> there's a whole there's a whole category on Pornhub. God damn it. But yeah, I chloroform the evil. What, what about that line? You don't like it? No, I just, that's why I needed a thesaurus or a d- dictionary, because it's like, okay, I think I remember the word chloroform, but not, not used as a verb. No, it's not usually used as a verb, but <laughs> I was just thinking, you do need a good dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> we all do.
Gabe. All take right. Us, take us. Close outside one for us, baby. All right. One of us. Right dab in the middle of the record may be one of my favorite tracks. One of us is simply a hook with a melody wrapped in a riddle or a twinkie. Simply all right, put. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Okay. That's that's right. you know that's Spe- a Seinfeld reference. You know. Yeah. That. Speaking of Seinfeld references. <laughs> simply put, it is sweet. I don't like to dig too deep, literally, into lyrics, as this track seems to be very personal. But the feel of the song is very moving. From this, from the time I heard this song on the Team EP until the guys added some backing harmonies to the album version, this may be one of my favorite vocal performances on the record. The Oh Yeah before the middle eight is very Teenage Fan Club-esque in the greatest way. I think I texted Scott that this song has one of the, my favorite screams at 2 minutes and 45 seconds into the song before the breakdown. Then just when you think the song may be over, there comes this anthemic, is that the word? Yep. Post-chorus, or whatever you want to call it. We're all one of us sooner or later, while dripping with some guitar tones that put the cherry on top. Classic H, and this album shows no signs of slowing down. It's interesting because The Misanthrope and One of Us were both almost written completely during kind of walks. Uh, One of Us, well, The Misanthrope, Basically, the entire song was written in my head while I was uh, uh, loading in to a venue, I think, in New York. And so during the entire load in, I kept going back and forth and the church and then the steeple, you know, like just coming up with the entire melody and the lyrics and just the entire thing in my head. And uh, and by the end of that load in, I pretty much had the song together. Um, And then one of us is I was walking from my house to uh, a wake for uh, our friend Lexi um, who had died and basically from that walk from my house to there I had the song from that walk uh, so it, it's interesting that these two songs get paired together and and they're flip sides of each other I mean I mean these two songs and they're in the center of the record because they really are the heart of the record and they're the key to the record um, and they're probably the key to my entire fucking discography or or whatever or my life. You know, I, I don't right. know. It's kind of your personality, I would say. Right. It's 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 all in there. That's all you need to know about me is these two songs. And it's interesting that both of them were were written in you know this moment of solitude. Uh, you know. Um, you're like a Sour Patch Kid. First you're sour, and then you're sweet. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> prickly pear. <laughs> that's right, the prickly pear. Yeah, we definitely don't play this song live enough. This the, That has got to change. Um, yeah. It's probably one of the most meaningful songs that's in the catalog, you know? It's like the, of actually sort of having something to say and saying it in a direct, heartfelt, awesome, honest way, you know, I mean, there's a, this song has a lot in common with Sunday Best, you know, just as far as trying yes. to get your head around life and, mm-hmm. and what it is. And, you know, there's, there's also this idea, like, you know, this tragedy of, of yeah, a, a so young young. person. Yeah, yeah, of a young person dying. But also 
trying to like make a funeral song for somebody that isn't a tragedy. It's like, look, you know, right, it's a celebration as well as she's a... dead, but she had a good time getting there. You know, right. it's, it's, uh, I know that's not, that doesn't do it justice and that's not the way to talk about it, but, but let's not be, uh, let's, let's not pretend that this isn't what she wanted to do. You know what I mean? Uh, and let's not pretend that she didn't live the life that she wanted to live. And it, it got her to this, but fuck it, you know? We're all going to get there. Right. Think back in 98 Your party's at your place that I love the most in this song and maybe some of my favorite lyrics of yours are a prime example of something being so personal and specific and then some and the fact that it is so personal and specific that I have really no idea what it's about makes it all the more universal and makes draws me into it which is the right. you keep singing about cherries and stones the sweetness of cherries and stones or secret I don't know what that's about yeah. uh, but I love it and maybe you could sh- shine some light on it if you want to I can um, if you want me to ruin yeah. it for you. Well, <laughs> it's not going to ruin well, it for me. Well, the, the other thing, thing is, this is the first of two um, things that, for me, tie the, tie songs in this album on this album in in with the Ramones in some weird way. And this one is because ah. this also really seems to be this Freaks reference right. that's in this, and which of course they're famous for 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 referencing. One of us. Yeah, the cherries and stones thing is. Uh, is an Animal House reference. Uh, oh. You know, I gave my love a cherry uh, right. that had no stone. So, I mean, that's what was going on there, pretty, pretty much. And you know that song, you knew that song from Animal House. I knew that song as a little kid. Yeah, well, it's well, an old song. Yeah, old folks <laughs> talking to your mom, now I, now I <laughs> right. get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right, right. That's what's-his-name singing it, too, right? The director, Who? right? Isn't no, that, yeah, it no, is, that's not it? Landis. That's not Landis. It's not Landis. Who? It's somebody. It's somebody notable. Well, it's not Landis it, on screen. Who is it? Let's find it's out, Benjamin. Is it um, Benjamin? Who's find out? Go on your your smartphone or whatever and find out yeah, who okay. it is. But I mean, it's is, somebody famous. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. what is it? Um, what's his I'll name? I'll produce on my own pace. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Who's calling the shots here? I thought it was me. Stephen Bishop, by the way, in Animal House. Oh. Stephen Bishop, that's right. Who is I knew Stephen it was somebody. Bishop? He sang that song uh, on and on. 
Oh, oh, that's right. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, that's I amazing. I knew it was somebody. I thought it was Landis, though, for some reason. So here's yeah. another. Here's a question, uh, and I'm not sure this counts, but you know how we were talking about if we had songs that ended with the chorus that saved the chorus till the end. This is almost that, right? But it's not quite, right, Gabe? Right, because I called it what you call it the the post-chorus, the anthemic post-chorus. Oh, so it's not that because you called it, or no, 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 is no. it a coda chorus, as it's we a, like to call them? Does it qualify as a coda chorus? It's not quite a coda chorus. It might be a little. It might be a little bit. coda chorus going on. You, you like that term, huh? You like that term that you came up with? That's a good one. <laughs> Was is there a little bit of a I teenage fan we, club? Are is you? there a teenage fan club sound in here, or no? Is that just me? Yeah, like you know, everything has teenage fan club in it. Uh, when it comes to me. All right. Can't go wrong. By the way, and, Stephen and you know Bishop. what? And b- b- by the way, I could not drag Gabe to the Teenage Fan Club show <laughs> with me that night after Drive Like Jehu, and that's all I'm going to say. All right. Well, there's hope for the replacements yet. Then, eventually, he comes around. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Good point. This is he's sitting around secretly listening to Teenage <laughs> Fan Club. Right. Oh, what are you going to say, Ben? That Stephen Bishop is also. Briefly in Kentucky Fried Movie in that Catholic uh, Girls School in Trouble segment, where I think he also is like singing a little folk song outside. And they say he's also in the Blues Brothers, billed as Charming Trooper, who breaks his watch during the mall chase. Now, I don't remember that, but you probably do. Mm-hmm. Nice. On and on. Yeah, on and on. All right, did moving you, on. Did you, did you hear that? Did you hear that? What? That was the break between side one and side two. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> 